What's good, people? Happy Wednesday. What's going on, everybody? It's Chris coming right back at you. We got Matt right across from me. This is Heavily Contested. We're hitting you back up on a Wednesday with another episode right now. Today, we're going to be talking to you about the idea of power balance or the dynamic of power in the NBA or the lack thereof. So, we started thinking about this. Like We've been seeing tweets in the last few days talking about everything. Oh my God, the Lakers this. Oh my God, the Nets that. They're getting these signings. This player, this player, that player. And everyone's always saying, oh my God! There's too much imbalance in this league. There's no freaking partiality, nothing. But yo, who cares? It's just something that happens. I think power is something, like the balance of it in the NBA is something that's just an illusion. I think teams like to lead themselves to believe that everybody's going to be able to win this year, that year, any other year. But there's just so many variables that go into it. Lead us off with it, Matt. Yeah, I mean, for as long as we can remember, it's always been this thing that like, so people think teams like the Nuggets or teams like the Jazz or teams like, I don't know, like the Magic and te- like these kind of teams that aren't, that aren't these teams that attract the big names, that aren't these big market teams that aren't able to attract these big time players that we think that if even if they don't have these players, yeah, that they're still going to be able to, to compete. And it's just, and the NBA is not like that. Like MLB maybe... NFL, yeah, but you got to have a good quarterback. But in the NBA, you need to have the elite guys in the league to be able to win. It's just That's just what it comes down to. You go back as far as you want, the best players in the league. You go back to the 50s. In the beginning of, in the beginning of competitive NBA basketball, you had the Boston Celtics, Bill Russell and his five Hall of Fame teammates. 11 rings. They go and they win 11 rings. And if it wasn't him, it was the other best player in the league, Will Chamberlain, winning rings. It was, and that was just one ring. <laughs> right. And it, was, and it was the two of them. Just winning. We 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 kind of scroll past the dead period of like the seventies of the seventies, and you get to the eighties, and we were introduced to Magic and Bird, and they dominated the league, the two of them, for 10, 10 to thirteen years. And then out of nowhere, the Pistons come in at the end of the eighties, early nineties, and then the Pistons are able to come in and kind of disrupt that, but they were able to dominate for those two years. But you have the best point guard in the league at the time, Isaiah Thomas. And the the monster. Wait, wait, wait! Please repeat that last sentence. The second best point guard in the league, and okay. Isaiah Thomas. Thank you. The second best point guard. Sorry, forgot about Magic for a second. So you have those guys, and then you fast forward to the '90s, and just absolutely dominated by the two best players in the NBA at that time, Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon is the second best player in that era. Yes. In the uh, 90s, not yeah. including Shaq, because Shaq is later. Shaq, yeah, Shaq was more like late, but yeah, I, I guess you could definitely say right. that Hakeem was the second best. Hakeem was the second best player in the 90s. So that, that era was dominated by Jordan, and when he wasn't playing, it was Hakeem. And then you fast forward, yeah, the Spurs got two rings, Dunk, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Twin Towers, fine. You fast forward, you have the Lakers, Shaq and Kobe, two best players in the league, two of the best players, two of the top five players in the league at the time. Yeah. And they're just going out and just demolishing people. And then they get interrupted by the Pistons, who are the anomaly in this. And the Sperms. The sp- I, I say the Sperms okay. on purpose. The only anomalies in this are the Mavericks, the tw- the 06 and the, and the 2011 Mavericks, and those and those 04 Pistons. Those are the only two anomalies in this that don't have star players. Yes, Dirk is a star player, but he wasn't a top five player in the league. In 11? In eleven he was. In eleven he was. Even oh six. Okay, you but could for the definitely for the majority for the majority of the next year. For the majority of his career, it's fine. Okay. So then we take him out of there as an anomaly because Dirk is an amazing player. No, but that eleven okay, look, oh six okay, so here's the thing. Oh six, I don't think they were an anomaly per se. I think the West pretty much that year came down to Phoenix, San Antonio, and Dallas. 
I personally think Phoenix should have reached those finals, but some bullshit happened. But 11, I'll definitely give you that because there was, again, like people already thought the Thunder were going to make it. People thought the Spurs, like they were every year, could make it. Yeah. Even at some point before the Mavs swept them, the Lakers, yeah. everyone thought the Lakers could definitely make it back. And that team was, I, I don't even know to this day how they made it. Right. But to kind of to kind of wrap up this point, right? I just don't want to keep going and listing out teams. My God, bro. <laughs> so just to wrap up my point. The best players on the best teams are going to win. That's just the way that it works. LeBron, Shaq, Kobe, Tim Duncan, Dirk, D-Wade. KD. KD, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving. These guys are the ones that are going to get you to championships. You put the best players on the best teams, and that's the way that you win championships. Teams like the Nuggets. Yeah, Nikola Jokic is having a great year. But the Nuggets aren't winning the finals anytime soon. Teams like the Jazz. Uh, whatever. I'm no. gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it. The the Jazz the Nuggets are not winning anything. They could. The Jazz have the best record. They have the best record in the league. No one cares. But they're not winning anything either. It's just it's just the the way that it is. Like the Raptors, the Raptors. Every time they were running to LeBron, it was just it was a shit show for them. Yeah, they were the best. They had the best record in the East. They were the number one seed in the East, but they would get run by LeBron every year. It's just the way that the power dynamic works in yeah. the NBA. And for the people that get upset about this, shut up. Like honestly, de- de- shut, up. shut up. Drop the mic. Walk off like that. Appreciate greatness while you have it. Yeah. Don't stop rooting for the underdog. It just in the NBA, it's just it's, it's just not, not gonna, gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. And the underdog. The underdog is a nice story. And I'm a Heat fan, and we were the underdogs last year, and I'm cheering for them. And we all knew that was Cap, though. Right, but we all know it's Cap. LeBron's going to come, and he's going to run through the Heat. It's just the way that it is. That's the way that the power dynamic works in the NBA. The best players on the best teams are going to win. So as long as it lasts, as long as we have these players here and we're able to watch them, appreciate greatness. Appreciate yeah. LeBron. Appreciate KD. Yeah. Appreciate... you when All, all back, these guys. Appreciate these guys, because when they're gone, you're going to be like, damn... And, and they did a lot more than we thought they did. And I agree with you, man. I think one thing that pretty much anybody that's an actual non-casual NBA fan can tell you is that there actually never has been parity in the NBA. But the difference between a casual versus a non-casual, in my opinion, is that the non-casual, the dedicated fans, they understand how basketball works. They understand that basketball is a sport that can definitely be impacted by one or two people, or in some cases, three people. It's not like the NFL where it's 11 guys on each side, and there's just so many variables for different opportunities, mm-hmm. certain teams to rise, certain teams to fall. MLB, you got pretty much each guy doing their own job for the greater good of the team. The NBA, you literally ride the coattails. No disrespect to anyone that's on a championship team, but right. like the 90s Bulls ain't winning shit without Michael Jordan. Right. And to a certain extent in the beginning, like Scottie Pippen was somebody that did not ride coattails. I'm not going to say that. But he definitely was able to benefit from that in the beginning to then become what he became. Right. But we saw Scottie Pippen can't win on his own. No, and right. the, and and these, with Shaq and Kobe needed each other to win. Yeah, one doesn't win without the other. Bron Bron needs he needs D Wade and Bosch to win those championships. He needs Kyrie to win those to win to win the championship against Golden State. Yeah, just like he needed a if he doesn't have AD last year, if AD is out for that series against the Heat, I think the Heat win that series. And and, and we'll get into that in a second, but I wanted to finish my point right. Go quick. ahead. You have a good point, but. There's a lot of fans in the NBA that they're just caught up in the fact that their team is not succeeding. Their team is not the one that's able to break through. Well, I'm sorry to break it to you, bro. If you're not in a glamorous city, I could give a damn about what your team is building right now. Nobody's going to go to OKC and sign there. Nobody wanted to sign in Cleveland with Braun back in the day. It's all a matter of where the players want to be. Again, a few guys, there's probably a handful of guys in this league that really, really, really can shift the dynamic of power in the NBA 
overnight just like that and that's the problem with a lot of NBA teams not teams but fans they don't understand there's things like the salary cap to worry about there's certain things like location to worry about the way the coach plays the game the way the players mesh the this the that it's a lot easier for all these other sports to make things work but the NBA is again a very very different league so for this case I would say that the balance of power is something that is like what you're saying it's dependent upon a few guys and in my opinion, I don't think anybody in the NBA has really shifted the balance of power, though, than Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant's move, a lot of people have a lot of these opinions and the this, the that. But I think that's something right there that, like, it absolutely showed that just in, in one second, you can go from having a competitive series to then having something where you just walk in and nothing ever happens. But look, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, right. everybody was complaining about Kevin Durant. Everyone was complaining about the Miami Heat and LeBron James back in the day. I'm sure there were people in the 80s and the 90s complaining about this team and that team. But like you said, it's respecting greatness and understanding that, while yes, my team may not be here right now in the finals doing this or doing that. Another anomaly that made the finals was the 9 Magic. Yeah. That faced the Lakers, they should never have been in that finals. It should have been LeBron in those finals. It should have been the 9 Celtics if KG didn't go down in those finals. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that, like, yeah, your team may make it. You may have a moment of, you know, just clarity here in the NBA and the way you get it through time. But there are these few guys that if you just simply don't have them, you're not going to get it. And that's just what it is also, like, front offices. People also don't understand that there's just some front offices that don't know how to get it right. People right. talked about the Washington Wizards being a very good potential team going back in the early 10s. But their front office is garbage. They mismanage every single thing. You have two stars like Beal and you have a star like John Wall, but you never did anything to surround the guys with. Right. So it's also a matter of does your team do enough to surround the guys with the requisite parts? While it is very much impacted by one guy or two guys... You also need to be really lucky in how you draft, be very lucky in how you're able to get the drop of the hat when it comes to who signs with you, who doesn't. All these things people don't take into account, and people just need to get over it. Like It's a matter of who has the most money, who's got the most opportunity, and who gets you the ring quicker than anybody else. If you don't do that, I'm sorry it's not happening, which is why, in my opinion, you can't blame a player like Kevin Durant for signing with the Warriors, and you can't fault the Warriors for signing Kevin Durant. People want to knock and say it's because of Braun or this or that. I think it was just that moment in history. You couldn't do anything about it, and I'm sorry. It just happens. Yeah, I mean... The KD thing is probably, like, another topic for another day because I don't – I think that – I, I kind of have a different opinion on KD, but I, I'm, I'm not going to get into it because that's just too long. That's just going to be a long it's conversation. It's nonsense. Yeah, so um, – but, yeah, like, I'm just – I'm not going to – I'm not going to disagree with you. There's – like we said, there's certain guys that shift the dynamic of the NBA, and there's no other guy that does that like LeBron James. LeBron James could turn the Minnesota Timberwolves into the best team in the league. He really could. If LeBron James today decides, I want to go to Minnesota, Minnesota will be the best team in the NBA. That's just the way that it is. And the same thing with KD. If KD goes to Minnesota, that's a contender to win a championship. Yeah. Those are the two guys, maybe James Harden, that go to any team in this league and they automatically could become contenders. And isn't it crazy though how like I feel like the NBA has changed in a lot of ways from different leagues because a lot of the time now, there's a lot of t- just sports in general that they're dependent upon the ownership group, the, the front office to make things happen. But I mm-hmm. feel like... In the last decade, you know, and again, you probably, you know, heard this because of LeBron, but it's a fact. Because of LeBron, it really is, now that I think about it, the players that hold the power. Yeah. And the fans get over it, bro. But that's great, though. Like, it's great that the players are able to hold the power. You know, like, the, the, NFL, the players in the NFL have no type of power over these organizations because they're not as important. It's just, they're, players in the NFL, it's just the way that it is, they're more replaceable. 
than guys in the NBA. And it sucks to say, I, I wish it wasn't the case, but and I wish and I wish it wasn't the case, and I wish it wasn't like that. But there's guys in the NBA that are not replaceable. There are certain guys in the NFL that are not replaceable. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, those guys are not replaceable. But there's guys like there's great players like a Julio Jones is replaceable, or. Um, JJ Watts replaceable. JJ Watts replaceable. Or give me like a good back. Like a Nick Chubb is replaceable. These are guys that are, those are replaceable players. So if you're demanding too much, NFL organizations don't have a problem with letting you walk. And they'll go. But the NBA again, like Dwayne Wade left. LeBron James is left. Mm-hmm. KD left. Yo, even KG, he didn't want to leave. He left. Like all these guys, I, I like that about the NBA that they just have like kind of like more of this freedom to be able to just make things happen for themselves. And look, when it comes to just parody, I will say this. I think last season was probably the best example of parody that there was, in my opinion. Even going into this season before Brooklyn really started shaping out the way that they have. I think now it's a, you know, we're going to talk about parody. I don't think there's going to be much this year. But last season pretty much is what we had. And I won't lie. It was probably the most exciting basketball ever. But I think that's just a regression from the mean. Like, it's going to continue to get back to how it was. And we're just going to continue to see especially after LeBron retires. I don't know who the next generational guy will be, but there will be another person, like it happens every time in history, Mm -hmm. that comes in and just absolutely defines a generation, absolutely dominates everybody, and people are going to be complaining about this and complaining about that, but that's just how it is, bro. That's ball. That's the way the culture is. You got any final takes on this, brother? I mean, I think we we hit on everything. You know, defining players define generations. That's just the way that it is. They define the way that the NBA, define the way that the NBA runs. The Michaels, the Kobe's, the Shaq's, the Bronze, the KD's—they define which way the NBA tilts, and there's just there's no other there's no other way that we could put it at this point. And you got to do it like that. So I'll say one more one more time again: KD is not a bitch for going to Golden State. Thank you very much for listening. Like, rate, comment, subscribe if you like what you heard. Follow us on IG at Heavily Contested Pod. We'll catch you on Friday with the next one, boys. Catch y'all.